So which side am I on? It's hard to tell if I'm pro or con here, right? Well, let me tell you the pro side of it. The pro side of it is as a homeowner, this is awesome, right? Because if you can buy my house for 100, 200 grand more than you could have a couple years ago because interest rates are in the 2% rate, I'm going I'm to get a higher price for it. I get more cash out. It's awesome, okay? As an investor, I'm super happy. Because it means I can sell. We were selling a house in, in Pikes Peak Park, southeast part of Colorado Springs, Colorado, which when I was growing up was considered a less than desirable neighborhood. Okay, It's not so bad now, to be honest with you. A lot of gentrification in the area has come quite a ways. But today, a house in that area, which probably would have sold for 80, 90 grand in the 08 era when I got started, now is selling for $300,000. It seems a little shocking to me, but then you do the math and you realize that the guy who's buying that house can actually buy that $300,000 house in Pikes Peak Park for about 1200 bucks a month, less than it would cost him to rent it, which would be fifteen dollars to $1,600 a month easy. So why would you rent? You get to own it. You get the tax benefits. You get the appreciation. You're overpaying. There's no argument there, but... Do you know you're overpaying if interest rates are in the twos? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe you're not aware that you're overpaying. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning. The time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house. Buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now. Yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host, Donnie Corum, broadcasting live from our downtown Denver studios with my main man, executive producer, and all-around badass, Mr. Jay Winston. What's up, man? Another lovely day. Uh, We're back at it, Uh, continuing to ramp up the pod for this year, which I'm excited about. Uh, I've had a couple of good episodes uh, the last few, or the last couple, so I'm uh, just really ready to see what we got for today and uh, you know, kind of bl- see if we can blow their mind a little bit. That is the goal, right? It's like, <laughs> that Donnie, guy. you know, one of the comments we get is, I love the energy you bring to the show. And I'm always like, I don't know if that's like a commend, are you commending me or like, I like energy. The energy seems like a positive word, but I think I'm too much for certain people. Do you ever- uh, I, I mean, I think you, I think you are, but I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's appreciated. me. Though. It's appreciated. Like you, like you said, it's you and it's appreciated because it's you and you know, you are excited and you have a lot of energy about real estate and getting people to understand that now's the time to get into it. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'm just a natural guy, you know, just in general. So even when I'm excited, I might sound a little bit, you know, laid back. It's kind of laid back. That's, 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 you, that's you, man. It is. It's like it's it's like it's my personality. And if you met me in person, you understand that like I'm this intense all the time. Like I'm, this is not an act. You know what I mean? Like I, I go the you know I order a burger. Hey, can I get a quarter pounder with cheese? I'm like, Dottie, the dude's right there, man. Like, he's like he's standing in front of you. Why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. This is just how I talk. I think you just spit on this mask, bro. That's crazy. How'd you do that? But anyway, <laughs> right. 
Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So this article was published by Housing Wire that says, could 2% define mortgage rates for the next decade? What does that mean? I know they can't stay at 2% the next to the next. Or decade. can they? What? All right, let's do some math real quick, okay? The average price of a home in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where we do the uh, the majority of our fix and flips, okay? It's about $400,000. So we're going to start there, right? Now, let's go back in time, if you will. And I, if you're not super good on math, that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through this to the best of my abilities, okay? But if to calculate your mortgage payment on a 30-year mortgage, okay, which by the way, the 30-year mortgage was a product created as housing prices went up. Okay, I can only imagine a bunch of bankers sitting around going, you know, when houses were selling for 18, 20 grand, right? Well, you know, we can let's let's stretch it out for five years. Like, yeah, that's cool. We can make a lot of interest on that deal. Let's try 10 years. Yeah. How about 15? For that? For, for a house? Who's going to finance a house for 15 years? Then 20 years became popular. What? Now it's the 30-year mortgage. Okay? So why did they do that? Because if you take a very large-priced item, which at the time was maybe 25, 30 grand for a home and is now 300 to 400 grand, and you divide it up into so many different pieces by dividing it over 360 payments, it becomes a lot more palatable, right? The very essence of the inflation of the housing market comes from the 30, and now there are offers of 40-year mortgages. And when we really saw things go nuts in the subprime era of 2008 and 2009, a 50-year mortgage came out during that time period. Okay, we, we kind of wised up, went back to the 30-year mortgage, but now mortgage rates are at 2%. So let's use that $400,000 house for a little bit, okay? If you're doing the math on $400,000, you have to divide your payment. They call it P-I-T-I, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, P-I-T-I. Okay, the smallest yet most important part of this is the principal pay down. So if we take that $400,000 house and we divide it over just principal, 360 payments, okay, your payment is $1,111. A little more affordable, right? Especially when people are used to paying rent. You know, $1,500, $1,600 a month, $1,100 a month ain't so bad, especially for 400 grand. Yeah, I'll buy a house like that. Pretty reasonable, right? Let's keep going, though, because the banks Uh, aren't going to give you 400 grand because you're a nice dude, right? I mean, they might. I just don't think you're that nice of a dude, okay? So let's say your mortgage interest rate was 8%. Okay. Which it was back in the 80s, okay? At 8% on $400,000, the interest you were making on that payment, on that $400,000 note, was $32,000 a year or $2,666 a month plus the principal pay down. Wait, wait. Because otherwise you're going to pay that forever, right? Uh, that's not as affordable. $3,700 a month. Oh, okay. That makes That sounds about right. That sounds better. 
So now, unless you were doing extremely well, and we're going back to the 80s now, where the average household income is somewhere in the $25,000, $30,000 range, right? You were not buying a $400,000 house. The good news is the $400,000 houses were the million to $2 million houses of today. See what I'm saying? 40 years ago, right? right? So, I mean, unless you were the Uber elite, you weren't even looking at a $400,000 house. Today, $400,000 houses are normal. Actually, that's an average priced home. But here's what happened along the way. You still have that principal payment of $1,100, right? But now the interest on four hundred grand at 0.2%, 2% interest is $8,000 a year. It went from $32,000 a year in interest in the 80s to $8,000 a year in 2021. Divide that out by 12, and your interest payments are only $666 a month. On top of the principal pay down, your total payment, not counting taxes and insurance, we got we to add those in, but that's going to vary depending on where you are. Just principal and interest, we're now at $1,700 for the same $400,000 house than the 80s would it cost you $3,700 a month. Do you see what's happening here? This is the very definition of inflation. Okay, if you can give people the ability to finance large dollar properties at 400, 500, 600 grand at payments that are less than what they were in the 80s. By design, people will buy more expensive houses. Man. Because their buying power went up, right? So today, let's do a million dollar house, okay? Because this is fun. Let's say you get a million dollar house done. Million dollars divided by the 360 Principal pay down is $2,700 a month. That's expensive. Okay, that's that for most people, that would be all they could, that's their housing budget totally. Okay. However, the bank's not going to do that for free. They want their 2% in interest. Okay. So 2% on a million is 20 grand a year in interest divided by 12 is $1,600 plus the Principal pay down at $2,700 means your million-dollar houses are rolling off the lot right now at $4,300 a month. Now, I know out of the gate, $4,300 a month seems relatively unaffordable, but if your income is hundred grand a year, which is not uncommon anymore, right? If you're bringing in $8,000 to $10,000 a year and a third of it is going to your mortgage payment, or if you're a dual income household and both of you have normal jobs, 60, 70 grand a year, right? right. And you're paying $4,000 a month. It just became very affordable for you to buy a million dollar house, which not 10 years ago would have seemed psychotic, right? And as much as this sounds like a good thing, it's not because we are currently working on a property in Castle Rock, Colorado. Okay, that 
Castle Rock, if you go back 10 years, was this little podunk town with one McDonald's and a couple of little things out there. And, if you know, houses up here were cheaper than the Colorado Springs or Denver market because it was right in between. It was a commute from either of them. Today, because Denver's coming southbound, because Denver's gotten very, very expensive and congested, and Colorado Springs has gotten super expensive, people are now combining right in the center and an average home in the Castle Rock area, which was relatively non-existent 15 20 years ago this house we're flipping will go for about 750 800 grand it was purchased for about 400 grand 15 years ago hi this is donnie quorum your foreclosure deals coach it's important to have good credit when you're buying a foreclosure. A lot of people think you can come in with bad credit, but the fact of the matter is you need pretty stable credit scores to buy a foreclosure deal. So how do you find out how to increase your credit? Well, there's tons of credit repair agencies out there and multiple formulas, but one thing we found that works is reporting your monthly rental payments to the credit bureau. We partnered with RentReporters.com, the leading provider of adding your payment history direct from your landlord onto your credit bureau scores and it helping people to boost their scores up to 40 points in as little as 30 days. So to get started, I want you to head on out to www.ForeclosureDealsCoach.com. Now that's a messenger bot and you're going to use the keyword rent to get more information about Rent Reporters and how you can boost your credit score by getting your rental reported to the credit bureaus. Once again, Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. Check it out. Okay, so what this equates to, because buying power has gone up so high right now, is that homeowners now have a lot more buying power than they did. Seemed like it would be a good thing, but what it's doing is it's allowing sellers to sell at historically high rates right now, which is why in a previous episode, we talked about $1 trillion being pumped into equity. That was largely caused by excruciatingly low interest rates. Okay. So which side am I on? It's hard to tell if I'm pro or con here, right? Well, let me tell you the pro side of it. The pro side of it is as a homeowner, this is awesome. Right, because if you can buy my house for a hundred, two hundred grand more than you could have a couple years ago, because interest rates are in the two percent rate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a higher price for it. I get more cash out. It's awesome. Okay, as an investor, I'm super happy because it means I can sell. We were selling a house in in Pikes Peak Park, southeast part of Colorado Springs, Colorado, which when I was growing up was considered a less than desirable neighborhood, okay? It's not so bad now, to be honest with you, a lot of gentrification in the area has come quite a ways. But today, a house in that area, which probably would have sold for 80, 90 grand in the 08 era when I got started, now is selling for $300,000, It seems a little shocking to me. But then you do the math and you realize that the guy who's buying that house can actually buy that $300,000 house in Pikes Peak Park for about $1,200 a month, less than it would cost him to rent it, which would be $1,500 to $1,600 a month easy. So why would you rent? You get to own it. You get the tax benefits. You get the appreciation. You're overpaying. There's no argument there. But... Do you know you're overpaying if interest rates were in the twos? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're not aware that you're overpaying. So as an investor, I'm super excited. Do you know where this scares me? Do you know where it starts to worry me? 
what happens when the banks decide to start charging more for interest rates? Can 2% be the, you know, the determinant of real estate over the next decade? The only thing that I think is going to happen is at some point, the Fed pulls all the float out of the market. Today, we are printing money. The federal government has done two multi-trillion dollar stimulus bills, just pumping trillions of dollars into basically fictional money into the marketplace, okay? The banks are harboring this money. They're, they're, they're loading it up in their coffers. Just the money's out there. The float is high. It's sitting in their accounts right now, and they're going, well, we can let it sit here making nothing or we can lend it out at 2%. It's not super exciting because they're not making a ton of money, but it's better than sitting in the bank making nothing. Right. Right? So they lend it out at 2%. When all that 2% money is gone, okay, or when the government starts to pull the money supply back down, they start basically buying back their own money. The whole process called qualitative easing, it's a, it's a long discussion, but it's, it's basically the, the effort of putting money into the market and then the reverse of that, pulling the money back out of the market, okay? When that money is pulled back out and there's less money available to flow, interest rates will by design go up. And now these houses that are selling for $300,000, $400,000, if Joe Schmo's seller wants to get out at three hundred grand, he he's not selling to a guy who can buy it at $1,200 a month anymore. Just a 1% increase in the interest rates on three hundred grand, which is what he wants for that property, equates to a $250 to $300 increase in payment. So now $1,200 just became $1,500 a month a 2% increase, which would get us back to the prevailing rate for almost the past decade, takes him from $1,200 a month to $1,800 a month, right? And God forbid things should go back up to 5% interest rates because now that little house in Pikes Peak Park is going for $2,100 a month. And I just don't think anybody's going to do it. At that point, it's going to be cheaper to rent, probably. Right? And there are certain markets, New York, San Diego, L.A., where it has been cheaper to rent for almost forever. So people just don't buy houses. Awesome if you're a landlord, not so great if you're a homeowner. A home buyer, excuse me, right? Because suddenly you've priced yourself out of the market. So all this leads back into you should be buying a house because rates are stupid low. But the warning um, that I need to present to all of you, whether investor or retail buyer, is when interest rates go up, prices will go down. The only way to hedge your bets against a potential crisis would be to buy a deal rather than buying a house. Because if prices go up, and you have to sell your house for 10% less than prevailing numbers around that property, but you bought it for 20% less, sure, you've lost a little of your equity, but you haven't dipped in to what you owe on the property. You're just in a better spot, which is why every house I've ever purchased has been a deal. I don't pay retail for anything, especially houses. And my advice is that you don't either. 
But as I say that, I'm in the fix and flip business. So I fix them up and I sell them at retail. And because the market is so crazy, they push it above generally what I even wanted for it. I ain't going to stop them. No, no, don't give me more money. It's just, it's, it's not worth that much. You, you want to pay me 10 grand more than my asking price? Okay. By all, by all means. Go ahead. <laughs> Who am I to say no? <laughs> right? These 2% rates, if they do carry on for the next decade, could be incredible. I just don't think they will. I think that you can always source this back ultimately to bank greed. The guys with money eventually go, well, we've been getting away. You know, people have been buying houses for 2% for a while. No one's going to notice if we push it up to 3%. Right? And once we get to 3%, no one's going to notice we push it up to 4%. And then the subprime market. If you haven't watched it, your homework, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix, but hop on to Netflix and go check out The Big Short. Okay. And the big short, it's a movie about the mortgage market. Christian Bale is in it. Um, a couple of good actors are in there, but Christian Bale is like this analyst who figures out that the mortgage market needs to be shorted or it's going to collapse. And all of them tell him, you're nuts. The mortgage market is the most stable market in the world. There's no reason to short that market. He buys shorts on the entire mortgage market, totaling billions upon billions of dollars, right? And People think he's crazy, and then sure enough, 2008 happens, and he's proven 100% right and makes his fund like a trillion dollars. It's crazy how much money he brings back in, right? I am a big fan of telling you that we are redoing that right now at these 2% rates. We are creating an environment where the mortgage market is awesome at the moment, but greed will kick in. What you will see is not necessarily the prevailing rate will go up. There will still be 2% money available to market, but the subprime market will kick in where people, because they have no other options because of credit score or everything they're going through, largely caused by the pandemic that we're going through right now, are going to be faced to pay the 4%, 5%, or even 6% that the market may go to in the subprime market. They all say they won't do it again. I call BS on that. I, I fully believe we're going to see products available in the mortgage market that will allow people to pay more for their mortgage than 2% rate. Because what do the banks have to lose? Right? They're borrowing the money for practically zero or maybe up to 2%. And then they're selling the money at 6%. That's a great deal when you're talking about billions and trillions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the mortgage market's going to suffer when those people can't pay the higher rates. Exactly what we went through in 08. Guys, listen, I am excited about a 2% rate. I, I love that it's happening. It's been an awesome for the buying power of the consumer. It's making a lot of people, homeowners, who might not have been able to do it. There is a power in dropping rates this far. I'm just saying I don't believe it can last. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Doom and Gloom. I'm saying as a real estate investor, as a listener of this show, capitalize on it while it's awesome and know that nothing ever lasts forever. Right? With that in mind, if you're going to act on it today and get involved in investing either by buying a deal, not a house, but a deal for yourself and your family, that's a good way to get started. But while you're at it, if you can get access to some of this capital to buy some investment property, some fix and flips, build some sweat equity, whatever you're looking to do to expand, your this is the time to do it because rates are so cheap right now. You know, And I don't know if it's going to carry on for a decade, 
I, you know, I've got no problem with it. It, it. I don't want it to stop anytime soon. It's really what's driving the market. I just believe that at some point it will change. And when it does, you need to be prepared for what's going to happen next. You know, and who really knows? Who really knows what's going to happen next? We're all kind of guessing. My theory is rates go up, prices go down. That's the nature of buying power. Right. So if we're banking on that outcome, we should be preparing for that today by buying as much money up as we can at 2% through the form of acquiring properties. And then, you know, when the rates start to climb up, you may want to consider getting out of those properties because it could get pretty ugly pretty fast, you know, but understanding how the market operates is critical. And if you're just getting into it, like this is, it's all new to you. This concept doesn't make a ton of sense. Keep listening. You know, we go into some pretty in-depth issues about how the real estate market is impacted by interest rates, by unemployment, by the pandemic. Lots of things can have factors on this. It's not like any, it's like any other market. There are factors that have nothing to do with housing that affect the housing market. You just have to understand, or at least to some degree, be able to predict what you think is going to happen next based on, in this case, we've got an exact track record on what happened last time rates went up and a bunch of subprime mortgages defaulted and things kind of fell apart, you know? So don't delay, get started. We're going to leave it at that for today. Check out this article on the 2% rates. Like it, their, their theory that it's going to keep going for the next decade is fascinating to me. And, and maybe they're right. You know, the government keeps printing money. It could be the case, but take a look. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Do you think rates can sustain at 2%? for the next decade. Cause if they can hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a hell of a ride. And I'm excited to have you guys along with me on it. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, reminding you once again, and always don't buy a house, buy a deal. Want more of the foreclosure deals coach? Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more of the mindset, methodology, and tools you'll need to invest in foreclosures. Visit foreclosuredealscoach.com and text DEAL to get a list of foreclosures in your area.